What are warehouses getting wrong about robot safety? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is a Supply Chain Brain podcast. The growing presence of robots in the warehouse raises concerns about safety. The first generation of robots, mostly installed on assembly lines, often had to be isolated and caged to avoid fatal collisions with humans. Now robots are zipping up and down warehouse aisles. So what guidelines should we be thinking about to ensure people's safety? There's no lack of potential hazards caused by blind corners, busy intersections, low ceiling heights, and a host of other risks. On this episode, we hear about the initiative to create industry standards and recommendations for the safe operation of mobile robots in the warehouse with Michael Behrman, Chief Administrative Officer of Vecna Robotics. He tells of the work of the robotically named R15.08 Committee formed by the American National Standards Institute and Robotics Industries Association. They're drafting a three-part document covering manufacturers, integrators, and users, all with the intent of ensuring maximum safety as robots take on a growing number of roles alongside humans. And we learn of some misconceptions that many warehouses have about robot safety. Here's my conversation with Michael Behrman. Michael Behrman, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Michael, what are many warehouses getting wrong about warehouse safety today? Well, today I think sometimes the warehouses are so focused on the robot safety systems that they forget about creating a safe environment in the warehouse. What do you mean by that? I mean, certainly the robot systems do create safety concerns. What, in addition to that, constitutes a larger picture of of a safe warehouse? That's a great question. When you think about robot safety in the warehouse, obviously the robots themselves need to be safe, but they also need to be in a safe environment. And that includes everything from training employees to making sure there's appropriate signage so people know where to stop, where to yield, where to cautious. In a warehouse, there tends to be frequent turnover of, of employees. And so training isn't a one-time event. It's more of a system. And so some, those are some of the areas that it's important for warehouses to think about, not only the robot safety, but employee safety, training safety, and signage. So overall messaging and communication sounds like it's vitally important. What are the biggest risks in warehouses today? What are the biggest issues and concerns with regard to safety, well, either related to robots or not? There is a frequent incidents in the forklifts in, in warehouses today. And so I think automation, the push for automation is in some sense a push to increase safety, to reduce forklift incidents and accidents. 
when you add robots into the into the system, there's typically still a need to have some forklift in the warehouse as well. And, and that forklift to robot interaction is where we see some of the most frequent incidents in warehouses. Even when those do occur, they tend to be lower impact when it's an AMR or a robot and a, a forklift rather than when it's two forklifts that are impacting each other. But it's still one of the main concerns. AMR, autonomous mobile robot. Also, AGVs, automated guided vehicles. Those also must be risks, I mean, in terms of collisions, or are they equipped with systems that prevent collisions from happening for the most part? Yeah, great question. They are equipped with systems to ensure safety. And so the robot sensors, typically there's performance rated safety sensors that are incredibly reliable that will stop a robot when anything gets in the stop zone or and slow it down when anything gets in the slow zone. And so uh, what we typically see is that even when manually driven vehicles are behaving unsafely, the robot will have at least applied the emergency brakes before any impact occurs, but that doesn't stop them from being run into. Just like if you're a safe driver on the, on the road, an unsafe driver still can run into you. Mm-hmm. But the systems on the robots are very reliable and do a great job in reducing the risk. I would imagine we have to back up this discussion to the point where safety has to be incorporated into the very design of the warehouse, too, to avoid the potential for collisions or accidents as a result of poor design. Is that, in fact, the case? And what types of concerns exist? at that stage of a warehouse project. Absolutely, it is an important part of implementing robots is to have a safe design of of the warehouse. Just like on the public roads, there's a lot of thought and effort that goes into making the roads safe and easy for those that are navigating them to to navigate so safely. The same thing can be done for warehouses. So that can include signage. It can include which routes you choose to have manual drivers on and which routes that you choose to have robots on and which routes you choose to have intermixed. The thought that goes into that will have a big impact on the safety in in the warehouse. Okay, a lot of these efforts are being conducted individually at the individual locations and individual companies, but there are some industry associations that are out to create, I guess, safety standards or of the, of the kind. Let's address a couple of these. The American National Standards Institute is ANSI, A-N-S-I. The Robotic Industries Association is RIA. And ANSI, RIA have come together in this committee called R15 or 15.08. Is that, do I have that right? That's correct. And I believe they've named themselves A3. So the, the part one was released under the RIA, and now they're A3. But yes, the answer to your broader question, they have put together a committee to work on safety standards to improve the safety within, of robots within warehouses. So it is called A3 now, not R15.08 or 15.08. Is that the so, same so thing? Yeah, so let me say that again. We call R1508 is an ANSI standard, and it is put together and sponsored by A3. It's the group that works on it. And the first part was published under RIA, Robotic Industries Association, and now they just renamed themselves as A3. Was there an A1 and A2, or do they just like, does A3 sound nice? (laughs) Oh, you know, they like the sound of it. It, it, There's three different A's. I can't remember what all three of them stand for, but automation certainly is one of them. (laughs) Sometimes these ANSI standards with their committee names and all their numbers and their dots and everything can be really, can really put people off, I think, or it's it's difficult to remember them and difficult to deal with them. I just wanted to make sure we have all that completely clear. (laughs) So who sits on this committee? Is it industry people? Who? How many people are roughly, and what's it made up out of? The committee is made up of a variety of experts. So it includes standards experts from the government. It includes manufacturers. It includes integrators. It includes users. All sorts of different experts in safety and in robotics 
they come together and meet. And it's been a great group to work with. They recognize that there's these, like like we were just talking about, that there is different aspects to safety. And so they, they actually split it up into three different parts, the standard. And the first part has already been published, and that's part one. And that's safety guidelines for the, for the manufacturer of the robot. What mm. makes a robot safe? And so that's been published. It's been in use. Any reputable robotics manufacturer will be following the part one standard of R15.08. Part two, which has been approved and will be published this fall, is for the integrator or the group that's installing the robot. Sometimes manufacturers will install their own robots, in which case their part two will apply to them when they're installing them. Sometimes it's installed by integrators. Sometimes it's installed by the users themselves. And so whoever's installing the robot needs to comply with part two. And part two includes a requirement, which is kind of a, a new one that drives this behavior of making the environment safe, is the risk assessment. And so the risk assessment is understanding the environment, understanding what the right design is and how to make that safe for the robot, for the users, for everyone in the warehouse. And so that's what part two focuses on. And then finally, part three, which has just recently started, is focusing on user requirements. So all the users of robots should comply with part three when it's published. And I expect that to be 18 months, 24 months from now when it becomes published, approved and published. And that's going to focus on user requirements such as training, signage, rules of the road. I think as, as a member of the committee, it's been helpful for, for me to be able to kind of, as I'm doing risk assessments, to kind of take some of those, what I know will be future requirements, into consideration as I go and look at the different warehouse environments and do risk assessments. But those are the three parts, so manufacturer, integrator, installer, and then part three is for users. Goes back to part two for a moment, the risk-based assessments. How specific will the output be from this committee? Are they going to dictate step-by-step? Step? Are they going to be quite specific? Is it going to be more general? Are they, will they be certain standards? What will the output look like? So in some sense, it is general that it gives you different guidelines and checklists. Each robot is different and will have different risks. And so it gives some really good guidelines, but a lot of times what you are basing that site-specific risk assessment on is the actual risk assessment for the underlying vehicle itself. When you make a vehicle, there's always going to be some residual risk. For example, if someone jumps right in front of a robot that has speed and, and, and a lot of mass, it's not going to stop immediately on a dime. And so no matter what safety systems you put in there, there's always a residual risk. If someone jumps in front of it at the last minute while it's traveling very quickly, that it might not be able to stop in time. Mm -hmm. So as your risk assessment, you'll want to say, all right, this is something that we'll want to be aware of when we come to intersections, perhaps, where you can't see someone coming the other way. So you want to always slow down or honk or whatever it is at that intersection to mitigate that residual risk of someone jumping in front of the robot at last minute. So anytime there's any blind corners, you want to have different behaviors. Maybe it's putting up a mirror so people could see the robot coming around the corner. So that manufacturer risk assessment in a lot of ways drives the risk assessment. And then obviously there's some things that are pretty common throughout the signage and, and ensuring that the folks are trained appropriately, that there's not uh, slippery floors or, or, or some of those things that are environmental risks. You say signage. Will the uh, committee be dictating what those signs look like and where they're placed, or will they be suggestions, or what exactly? There is some guidance on some of the signage that should be there. There's a recommendation should have signs warning people, hey, there are robots 
in operation in this area. It's more of the guidance and those type of things. It's not specifically dictated what signs need to be created. Given the wide variety of what we call a warehouse today, in terms of size, in terms of location, in terms of product within, in terms of level of automation or not automation, I assume there's enough commonality among all those different types of warehouses for these rules to apply generally. Is that the case? Yeah, that is the case. I think that one thing you learn a lot of things from conducting one risk assessment. You see common risks across a lot of different organizations, across across a lot of different warehouses. And so if the person you're working with has done 5, 10, 20 risk assessments, you get to be pretty good at knowing or anticipating what risks are likely to occur in different environments and 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 makes that assessment process much easier and also kind of helps move that implementation, that integration of the robots into the working environment. Okay, so these committee will come up with all these great standards, and they look like they're going to do a, they could, if uh, implemented properly, could certainly lead to a safe environment. But what about the follow-up? What about ensuring that warehouses are actually adhering or adopting to these standards? Is there any kind of certification that they can display? Is there any kind of inspection model that will come afterwards to make sure that they're following the committee's recommendations? What is the follow-up here? That is a great question, and it is unclear, at least from the standards themselves, what kind of follow-up needs to happen because this is a requirement just on the integrator, and that's part of the reason why the standard for users is important to ensure that there's continuing follow-up. Right now, there isn't that standard for users in place yet. So in, in some sense, the only thing that is really following up and, and ensuring they're in compliance is if there's a potential OSHA violation or investigation, I would guess that OSHA is going to look for that risk assessment and to see if it's being followed. As an organization ourselves, what we do is we actually do a yearly audit, and that's kind of a way to ensure that we are updating it if any of the risks or situations have changed in the robot that the signage and marketing has been maintained. And so we just do an annual audit as kind of a best practice because we're heavily mm-hmm. involved in making sure that the system continues to run safely over time. But in the standard itself, there really isn't anything that drives uh, currently that ongoing behavior. But I do anticipate in part three there will be that requirement. Well, OSHA has its own standards for inspection. It's been doing it ever since the agency was created. Might it draw on the recommendations and conclusions of the committee to augment its own standards? Might it use those in any way or would it just continue to use its own? The OSHA typically has a pretty vague requirement that requires a safe environment that complies with generally accepted standards. And so in some sense, R1508 becomes a generally accepted standard that warehouse organizations should be complying with. And so they do have some of their own inspection or requirements, but a lot of them are really broad haste to make this place safe. And they refer to generally accepted standards. And so this is a generally accepted standard, which OSHA, I would anticipate, would use if there's any incident that they're investigating. Risk-based assessments. It sounds like it might be a very complex exercise trying to take into account all the potential risks that could occur in a warehouse. I wonder to what degree could technology help? What about artificial intelligence? What about machine learning or any other tools that might assist facilities in properly assessing the risk of their facilities and taking action in response to that? As I look at and think about artificial intelligence and machine learning, it's an interesting intersection with safety, especially artificial intelligence. The risk or the the problem with artificial intelligence is we don't necessarily understand why or how the computer is behaving the way it's behaving. 
And because of that, we tend to not see AI applied in navigation safety-related functions. Where we do see the use of artificial intelligence is machine learning. And machine learning is, is specifically helpful in helping machines recognize visual objects, recognize humans, recognize palettes, recognize different types of obstacles. And so mm -hmm. I think that there's a rich opportunity and something that we're certainly applying as uh, machine learning to help recognize the world around the robots. Uh, for navigation, we tend to not use any type of artificial intelligence or machine learning, but it is great to recognize and avoid obstacles and understand how obstacles will behave. And I think that that's going to continue to be a great avenue and area for artificial intelligence and safety. You know, robots continue to grow in sophistication and complexity. And in the years ahead, I'm sure we can expect to see them take on more and more tasks in the warehouse. Will that bring to the forefront additional safety concerns that we may not be thinking about now? If you could, like, look at the future and think about what additional concerns you think you might be facing in the robotics industry based on the, the ongoing development of robotics. I think as we continue to automate and to have people in the warehouse environment become familiar with working alongside robots, I think actually safety is going to continue to improve and improve over time as there's fewer manual vehicles is there's fewer folks that haven't interacted with it before. In some sense, robots and machines, they operate predictably, but different than humans do. And so as humans get used to how they operate, then that increases the safety for, for everyone. As robots obviously take more and more challenging tasks, there certainly is potential additional risks associated with that. Is there moving things that may be higher or heavier, those will bring on additional safety considerations. But I think that all robot manufacturers put safety as an extremely high priority. And as we move forward, I think that safety overall is going to improve, and it's going to improve the overall safety of all warehouses as they automate more and more things and take the human drivers away from those kind of dirty, dangerous, repetitive tasks that are best suited for robots and, and let the humans do the kind of the high skill, the thinking, the tasks that require a lot of dexterity. So tell me again, Michael, when we can expect all three parts of the committee's findings and, and conclusions to be published. You said part two is just about to come out or part three next year. What's the timetable for the whole series of, of recommendations? So part one for manufacturers has already been published. Part two is scheduled to be published this fall, and that's for integrators. And then part three should be approved in 18 months and maybe published two years from now. And that's just an estimate. We're still in the early drafting stages. And we actually welcome those that are interested in participating in the committee to provide input as well. Well, we will link to the uh, committee in the show notes to this episode. Michael Behrman of Vecna Robotics, thank you so much for explaining to me the situation of safety in the warehouse right now and where it's going in the future with robotics. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That was my conversation with Michael Behrman of Vecna Robotics, talking about robots and safety in the warehouse. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read our Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter or X, at SCBrain, and also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? 
Email me at rbowman, supplychainbrain.com. Stay well, and see you next time.